Hey everyone, welcome to Narwhals episode 14. We're back at it again on schedule. Yeah, we're making a routine out of this. Yes, we are. It's fun to get together once a week, even if it is at almost 9 p.m. at night. Yeah, um, we're hitting the same t- day every week, but it's just like the time is the, vari- mm-hmm. is the variable here. Mm-hmm. So if we sound like extra sleepy one week, it's probably because we're doing it late at night. Yeah. I'm a night owl, though, are you? I am. Well, I, I, I typically was before I had uh, my daughter, but having my daughter like kind of kicked it into overdrive. Like that's when I could actually get stuff done is when she's asleep. So I am, I think it's kind of catching up to me a little bit. Like I'm kind of realizing I'm, I'm losing a little bit of steam late mm-hmm. at night. Um, but at the same time, like I've tried doing the get up early and try to uh, like investigating, am I a morning person now? And I'm absolutely not a morning person. Yeah, I am. I, I'm with you. I am not a morning person, but yet I am forced to be. <laughs> right. Kids, the kids make it so. Those kids don't sleep in. No, they don't. And my yeah. son's going to be up extra early tomorrow because tomorrow is his birthday. Sweet. Happy birthday. Yeah, he's turning five. So. Drew's son. Yes, his name is Logan. Happy birthday, Logan. Named after Wolverine. For real. <laughs> For real. If you, so if you could actually see the Harry Potter, it might have been Hagrid. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have picked Hagrid, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so uh, so thanks everyone for joining us again. Um, maybe we'll get this out of the way real quick. We got a question on Twitter before we get started into our main show, which is I know extraordinarily amazing. Um, uh, we had a question on Twitter about uh, let's see, it's from Ray. Oh man, Sensenbach, Sensenbach. Ray Sensenbach yeah. asked, asked us. Thanks, Ray, for reaching out. Um, his Twitter handle is at LL Cool Ray. Oh, Johnny, <laughs> that's so hot right there. Okay. Uh, he asked us, um, what tools and skills do we use to build web and mobile apps? And uh, we, we kind of went over that in episode two, I believe. Two or three, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, clar- I clarified at the tweet. I was like, are you talking more like stack, like technologies, or like apps and uh, other programs that we use? Uh, we kind of talked about both, and uh, he said, you know, both would be interesting. And he's kind of his intentions are he's actually trying to like investigate himself, like what should he go learn next? Yeah, what do you think you should go learn next? Uh, why not Swift? I would, I would totally do Swift. Uh, someone emailed me, I think it was just this morning actually too, um, just saying, hey, you know, check out your sites, awesome, your apps, you know, good job. And that was it. And it was, a, <laughs> I don't usually respond to emails. I'm really bad about responding to emails, but it was so short and like, didn't actually ask me for anything that somehow that, uh, that actually like triggered me into responding. Uh, and I was like, Hey, cool. Thanks. And, and then he wrote back and was asking like, where should I get started? Like, I, I kind of want to ch- completely pivot what I do and I want to do iOS. Uh, and I said, go learn Swift jump right over objective C uh, at this point, like if you're going to go learn something, go learn Swift and then pointed him to, you know, a couple, uh, tutorials, some really good, uh, iOS tutorial sites, uh, like R- Ray Wenderlich is, has his tutorials, which are, uh, insanely thoughtful and, and well done. Um, so yeah, Swift, Swift, yeah. Ray. Yeah. Swift. Any other, uh, resources on Swift besides Ray's site? Uh, there's one, the other one that I use, and I was using, I've been using this for a long time, so I actually don't know how swift it is. But Objective C, it was super helpful, so I assume that they've started to shift their, their focus, or at least include Swift in their focus. Was uh, Objective OBJC.io? Um, 
really, really thoughtful stuff there. Uh, NS Hipster is really good. Matt Thompson runs that, even though I think he actually just handed it off to somebody else just recently. Um, really cool stuff on that site as well. Uh, those are the ones on the top of my head, at least. And how about the Apple Developer documentation? How about yeah, that, huh? that was great. I mean, it, I assume it still is very helpful. Yeah, I, know I think they have a whole video series. Yeah, I would assume they've they've beefed up their uh, their Swift teaching since uh, since day one. Last time I read that, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's super helpful too. So Swift would be good to learn. What what do you say, MacDev? Yeah, um, I guess it depends on what you want to build, right? So Ray, what do you want to build? You know, what do you want to do? You just saying build web and mobile apps. Well, that's very broad. You know, if you want to learn Microsoft apps, you're not going to be learning Swifty Swift, Swift <laughs> right. you know. So, yeah, I guess for me, um, I have no desire to really branch out and learn new technologies at this point. I kind of want to narrow my focus. So I'm just sticking with what I know for now. Um, so when it comes to web stuff, uh, I just work in PHP and I use a lot of Amazon's web services, right? So mm-hmm. I'm starting to use their video transcoder for something new that I'm doing. And then, uh, of course, I use their S3 storage service. I use RDS, which is their um, relational database, basically MySQL's one I use on there, their uh, database service. Um, <clears throat> and I use DigitalOcean for hosting. They're great. And... Uh, and then I use GitHub to commit all my code and then and then push it over or pull it from GitHub to my servers and all that jazz. When I when I'm coding, I use I used to use um, uh, TextMate, but um, I mean Sublime. I did TextMate a long time ago. Then I was right. on Sublime, and then I switched to Atom. And actually, oh yeah, like, GitHub's. Uh... Yeah, and actually, it's like basically a clone of Sublime, but Sublime. I don't know, like. Adam works a little bit differently, and I haven't taken the time to go in and, like, change all the preferences to be exactly how it was in Sublime, so I don't have to, like, retrain my brain about which button does what. So I think I'm actually just going to, at some point when I get time, hit the delete button on it and then re-download Sublime and go back to Sublime. I just recently switched to Sublime. I kind of used – I mean, I've used everything at one point. The one I was using primarily before that, before Sublime, was Coda from Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not bad. A little ago. heavy. A little. I mean, just like there's a plenty of it that I I wasn't using. If you're opening up large files, it's not very good at all. It takes no. so long, yeah. so long. That's why yeah. I like Sublime. It's super, super fast. Yeah, Sublime's great. Um, I think for and then for me, when I, if I'm doing like if I'm building websites or if I'm doing whatever, I typically I'm kind of a different. Like I uh, I'm constantly trying to learn something new that could somehow benefit me or like speed up my process. Um, I kind of dabbled in Node for a little while just to just to do it, just to say that I I could do it and kind of investigate it, uh, and it's pretty cool. But recently, I've I've started doing uh, some some Ruby um, just just by kind of because I had to with the projects that I was working on, uh, and I gotta say, <laughs> Ruby's pretty sweet. Like Ruby's a a pretty nice language that I've never fully given a a go. Um, what framework were you using? Uh, Rails, but I was also doing. Uh, they have like there's this. It's called Sinatra, which yeah. is a little like rack app, but uh, that's pretty sweet. So if you wanted to just like, I've done this like twice just in the past two months. But if you just wanted to quickly dial up a or spin up a a like static uh, website or just a small several page 
website for something, um, Sinatra is, is kind of a, a sweet solution. It's kind of like Express on Node.js, right? Yeah, very similar. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah, I um, – I f- for for uh, native stuff, obviously, I only do I, – I've only done iOS and Mac. I haven't done any Android native stuff. So I've done Objective-C work, and I'm doing Objective-C work on a Mac app right now because it was originally done in Objective-C because it predates Swift. Um, so at some point – I'll be able to give Swift a chance, but right now I'm focusing on trying to focus on two products, and uh, neither of those. Maybe when you have all that free Swift. time when you're in like driving through the the Midwest. Oh yeah, when I'm constantly in front of the wheel. What time I got then? Yeah, you're gonna give you Swift uh, audiobooks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, I don't, actually, you know what? That's a good point. I actually, I don't know. I can't really learn that way. I have to. I have to be. Coding. You have to do. You have to yeah. actually do. Yeah. I don't even like to read the tutorials. I just like to do the things the tutorials say and figure it out on my own. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, there's. I would. I would venture to guess that a lot of people, a lot of programmers, are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Much prefer doing it yourself. So that's what we do, Ray. Um, but you do what you do. You know. You, you do you. It's all about what you want to build. Now, there's. I guess, like Karen is saying, like sometimes you just want to learn new stuff, and maybe that's what you're into right now. But you know, if you got an end goal, if you want to realize some specific product, man, just go for what's for what's best for that situation. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> that Sorry. was like, that was the, that was probably the longest uh, continuation of of that voice you've had on an episode yet. Like that was a good twenty seconds where you kept that really? that voice going. Yeah, yeah. I try not to do it for too long because I know people probably get annoyed. <laughs> I think that's what brings people back. I think I should oh. I should maybe start doing it a little bit actually. Um, did you yes. watch any of the Microsoft announcements today? I did. I did. I actually clicked over to the live link and I was at the page and I'm like, what's going on? There's just this big Microsoft image and then I realized, oh, if I scroll down, there's a link that says watch the video, but for some reason the whole website took like it was just the word Microsoft took up the whole space. Hmm. And then I so, scrolled so down. Far, so far, so good. So far, so good. Scroll down. I saw, oh, there's a big video placeholder. I clicked on it, and it started playing. And there was this guy on there um, who was talking about the hologram stuff that they're doing, which is basically just augmented, rea- augmented, rea- augmented reality like you see on many, many, many iPhone apps and Android apps, except instead of looking at your phone, you look through these – Amazing Tron helmet glasses. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, hey, that's, that's nice. what people are into. They look, uh, it, it's the headset. This thing looks awesome and futuristic. I don't know. It seems so unnecessary to me because, okay, you got Oculus, right? Which is immersing you in a world where you need to shut out all real world light and only have the light of this fake world, right? Right. It's complete immersion. Yeah, whereas right. whereas Google Glass is using, you know, your your surroundings and augmenting it, right? And so is Microsoft, but for some reason they feel they need an entire blaster shield like from Star Wars, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like Luke he's in there put down what are they called? The blast shield? I don't know. I think it's the, the it's, helmet it's shield that the, comes uh, down. The sneeze guard. Yeah, the helmet shield that comes down over his helmet that's all, you know, solid and he has to like he has to use his lightsaber and block the the blasts from that little floating <laughs> orb. You know what I mean? Right. And 
that's basically what they're wearing. It's just I don't I don't understand why it has to be so massive and all that kind of jazz. I'm sure yeah. they have a reason, but who knows if their reason reasoning is I don't know. I'm sure there's another way. But anyhow, the the thing looks cool. They built like a 3D model in augmented reality, which I suppose might be useful. I don't know. I can't imagine it. Just watching her, the woman, do it, it's like it, it seems like you could point and click so much faster, you know? Yeah. And you do have to start somewhere, right? You can't just – it can't be great out of the gate, I'm sure. But it just seems like it's going to be so expensive – it seems like it's going to be hard to catch on, you know what I mean? Because unless you have all the people buying it, how are you going to justify spending the cost to improve on it so it is good enough to, like, use? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's um, I, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think I'm, I'm trying to – I haven't actually watched any of the videos. I saw – I read some short article and saw, like, a photo of, of a guy playing Minecraft, the video game, like, while mm-hmm. sitting on his – like, on, a, on the floor – playing like building things out of out of minecraft blocks or whatever um which is like oh that's kind of interesting this is like this is another gaming thing uh and then finally i was like i read that oh okay here's a dude like modeling a like a cad motorcycle or something um and so i think i think it could obviously be interesting but i can't think of any use for it like at least for the oculus which is facebook now owns right and um yeah sony's got their own i can't remember morpheus i think or something like that um these are like explicitly being made for games at least to start or other kind of immersive scenarios like narratives or or or, you know some sort of fiction or something yeah um and that at least i can understand i I can i can wrap my head around pardon the pun i can wrap my black shield (laughs) black shield around um what I would do with it or who, who would get it. This is interesting because I don't, this, um, the Microsoft one, the HoloLens is interesting to me because I don't understand its use case. Um, but uh, that, that form of being interesting does not involve me buying one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean like I could, you know, I can understand that. Obviously there's use cases, right? Whether or not those use cases are common enough that, the product will be successful. Who knows? But I mean, at the, on the exact same day, I don't know if it was before or right after they announced their massive, um, uh, touch screen computer, Oh yeah, there's, which there's is surface. Yeah. Their new version of Microsoft surface was basically the exact same, except instead of a table, it's on a wall and it's got, I don't, there's literally nothing that you can't do on an iPad. Than it does, other than the fact that it's huge, right. or a mic- your wall. or a Windows tablet, whatever those are called. I think it's just called a Windows tablet. Uh, surface. They've got Surface. Yeah, Surface. Pro, yeah. Right? Surface. And then they've yeah. got like the Surface, like tabletop or now wall top or wall face. Oh, so it's a part of the Surface line. Well, that makes sense. Okay, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, why would you spend all the time making that? And of course, someone will be like, Enterprise. It makes a lot of money. Yeah, of course, sure, whatever. Right. But it's not like pushing anything forward. <laughs> And it's on their main, like, event. I don't know. But anyways, they announced that right after. Uh, and so just because they worked a long time in secret, as the guy said, on this HoloLens thing, I think doesn't necessarily mean that um, they know what they're doing. But I don't know. Some company was going to do it, and, and they did it. But I got to say, like, some of the stuff, like design stuff I've been seeing on Microsoft's new interface stuff looks super good. 
Yeah, I, I actually, I, I kind of agree. Like, there, there are some things, even just when they started re... It wasn't when they first brought out the, the, the Windows phone, but when they kind of uh, restarted it, I can't even, you know, a year or two ago, I can't even remember when it was, but um, they kind of redid everything, and, and uh, I actually re- kind of dug some of the aesthetic, but um, the only the only screenshot I saw of the new Windows uh, 10 or, or 12 or, or whatever number they skipped this time... Um, it was super crowded. Like it was the met- same like Metro style, but they're like, here's your here's your start screen or your start yeah. menu or whatever. And there was uh, there was at least like forty to fifty blocks of of color, all of which represented like a different app or different utility or different website. Uh, and it was it was entirely overwhelming. But may- but maybe that's because I haven't been on a I haven't been a Windows user since I was you know ten years old. Um, well, no, it's sense. true. It's it's true. Like they, when they make their interfaces, they don't consider, or maybe they do. They just it just never comes through. But they don't consider like um, continuity and the interface elements might look one way on this screen and do X, but on the other on the other screen they look the same, but they do Y. You know, like you, you don't really know what's doing what and everything's so similar looking because, you know, the blocks and all that kind of stuff. They've limited themselves massively to how many different interaction paradigms they can have. And so like when I, I have a I have a, a Microsoft Surface tablet, it's not a Windows brand. It's a different brand, I think Compaq or something, but it's a Windows tablet and it runs, you know, whatever the most recent one is besides 10. And it's it's. Honestly, it's difficult to navigate. Like, right. compared to because I also have two Android devices. Uh, compared to the Androids and the iPhones, it's difficult to navigate flat out. Like, it's hard to know what to do because they remove so much stuff, and like you're supposed to know that this is a hot corner, right? And then it's kind of funny because on the mobile tablets right now, if you go to the settings, it it doesn't look like Metro. It looks like Windows. 2000 or whatever the one was before metro like it looks like a desktop computer (laughs) everything's real small your tap targets are like you can barely read them and it's text honestly dude it looks just like a desktop like like they're mirroring a desktop yeah no yeah totally and i tweeted that out when i got this i'm like what's going on here like yeah that's how it is i'm like what (laughs) how did this get through and all this time i'm thinking like microsoft's doing bad because uh, you know, it's bad luck or it's bad design stuff. But I'm like, this is their product. Oh, my gosh. How does this get launched? Like, why would you launch a mobile device that is literally just a desktop interface mirrored onto the small thing? It just blew my mind that a company that large could be right. that clueless. <laughs> right. And yet, meanwhile, they're and apparently they've been just too busy working in secret on, like, yeah, wall, so that's, wall surfaces. and uh, Yeah, so... So the fact that their Windows tablet is was like their flag, flagship deal, you know, uh, for the last few years, gives me very little faith that anything they're going to do in this announcement that they made is going to be good. Like I, I mean, it looks good, right? Metro looks good, but the implementation of it, the 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 responsiveness of the interface, like when you tap things and the way things move, is just not a good implementation uh, at all. Like at all, it just isn't. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I think like their hologram thing is probably not going to be good at all. But I'm super stoked on Oculus. I can't wait to 
Yeah, we'll see. I think it'll be cool. I definitely. I think Oculus will be pretty cool, and Sony probably will will do a good job with theirs too. Um, Interactive movies, dude. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. Interactive movies. They've already worked on one. Interactive. Interactive like travel, interactive and everything. You're just gonna be sitting on your couch like in the dark with these interactive your head, travel. Your, your head in these things like interactive like companionship and uh, uh, family companionship. Like, you're, you're not you realize have, this exists. You right? do anything like you just put this thing on and kind of disappear into a corner. Like I'm like super Wally, dude. Excited. Dude, yeah, like exactly. Wally, where they're like, "Whoa, we have a pool!" And they takes right. off the device. Right. They're totally like talking works. to each other on their devices while they're driving right next to each other. What do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? And they're like right, right. next to each other. Yeah. So maybe uh, I'm excited for maybe the gaming aspects of uh, virtual reality to start. I'm excited for the movies. It, it's going to be hard to 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 go between or to to walk the line of game versus movie when it comes to interactive stuff. Because in a movie, you want to take people to a place, to a, you know, a fantasy or, or whatever. You want to get them into your story, right? And you want to have them be a spectator and watch this story unfold. So you control all the elements of it. Whereas a game, you're doing the same thing. You're putting someone in a story. However, they are in control of everything, Right. Whereas the movie's different, the storyteller, the director, the writer, they're in control of everything. And when you when you when you put on an Oculus and you watch a movie, if you're going to make it interactive, it can't obviously be too interactive because then it kind of becomes kind of a game, which isn't a bad thing. That'd be freaking awesome, but it's not going to be a movie, right? So there's got to yeah. be some way where you have no in order to keep it a movie and not a game, you have to have no control over the narrative and the story. However, you can like move wherever you want, you know what I mean? And a story imagine like imagine it taking ten years to make a movie because they have to if it took place in a city, they have to film like in every location different little mini stories that go on throughout the whole movie. And you can like move to one area or the other and like you know what I mean? Right. You can walk to this side of the building and see two other people that are in the movie but you know, they're not in the shot, that kind of thing. But now they are because you walked over there. Right. And imagine imagine the kind of ads you're gonna get, right? <laughs> like especially with Facebook. Well, hopefully there's no ads it. and it's you're, just uh, you're gonna get some super relevant. Hopefully it's just paid virtual reality content. Ads. Hopefully it's just paid content. You know. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see if it is. I would like it to be paid content. Yeah, it's wild. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what Microsoft decides to do. Yes, we will. Or they'll just switch to gaming entirely and they'll just stick with the Xbox, I guess. Yeah. Which is probably going well. I mean, I think it's going well. I have no idea. I thought, aren't they? Isn't Sony not doing another system or something like that? Or was it Xbox? Xbox is not doing another system. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, they they both still are in the have a current gen system out there. Yeah, but the, I I thought they did like so poorly they're not making another one. One of them is Xbox was struggling for a while, I believe, but I think it's started to tick back up recently. I mean, it's been it, I how long has it been? Like a year since what? Since like the PS4 and the Xbox One, maybe not even a year, maybe like six months. It's like only now, or is it even getting to the point where like some really decent, uh, a wide breadth of games? What do you mean the Xbox One? That's the most recent Xbox. It's called the Xbox One. Really? Yeah. Why? And and classic uh, Microsoft naming conventions. They just kind of go in whatever order they want. Yeah. What Xbox version is it? Uh, It's the third. 
generation of Xbox. Why do they call it the Xbox One? I've, I have no idea. Weird. The next one's going to be two. <laughs> and then they're going to jump to infinity. And they're just going to go back to Xbox, infinity. just Xbox. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's um, so have you seen any good movies recently? Uh, I cannot remember. Well, that must, I'm gonna, that must mean no. That must mean no. I saw some new Tarantino movies, new to me, not new to the rest of the humans on Earth. But I watched, uh, I watched Django. Yep. Which was killer. I haven't seen it yet. Man, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I've been meaning to. A couple days later, I watched Inglorious Bastards for the first time. It's a good one. And if y'all seen Christopher Waltz in there. I watched Django first, right? So I was like, man, this Christopher Waltz guy is amazing. He's <laughs> super creepy seen and like scary. And like, wow, like I haven't seen a character like his on screen before. And then I watch Inglorious and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the exact <laughs> same character on screen. Oh, there he like, is. Identical. <laughs> no difference. All mannerisms, the same, everything. Obviously, uh, he even plays a German in Django and he plays a German in um, Inglorious. Uh, the only difference is obviously he's a different human supposed to be, but super similar character still did a fantastic job, but I was just kind of like, wow, does this guy only know how to do one or does Tarantino like, man, you're so good at that character. I love that character. I want that character in all of my future movies. Well, he, I, he won the, he won the Oscar, I believe he won like best supporting actor for no way Inglorious Bastards. So hard, hard to blame Tarantino for being like, he did let's great. just do that again. Yeah, no, that's must must have been what he did. Now I saw him in reverse order. I saw Django first, and I got to say, Christopher Waltz did a much better job in Django than he did in really? Inglorious. And so if he got a supporting actor role, obviously they're not going to give it to him twice. But man, he did, I thought, a better job in Django than he did in Inglorious. Interesting. Uh, he def- you could tell he definitely like took what he did in Inglorious and like honed it, improved it, added some extra creep, and bam, man, dude's got some creep. That's what he did. So I thought that was cool. Um, since you haven't seen any new movies, uh, this conversation is dead. Yeah, that's gonna it's gonna end right there. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I watched a couple older, uh, not older ones, but just like not new movies. But I guess you're throwing down Tarantino, so uh, anything's fair game. I saw Argo, which I oh uh, man, that's good. Haven't meaning to see, and finally uh, finally got around to seeing. Yeah, that was good. I was I was impressed with that. I'm kind of actually shocked in retrospect that it won Best Picture. So am I. I thought it was good, but uh, I can't even think of the other ones that it was up against. But uh, I know that it won, and watching it with that in the back of my head was like, this is a very interesting choice to me. But I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was a a good movie. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I've ever really seen eye to eye with the Academy on like what they choose. Right. As far as like best this, best that, I don't think I really ever have. One of the ones that blows my mind that it won best picture. Have you seen The Last of the Mohicans? Uh, yes, a long time ago. So, I mean, at, when I saw it, I didn't even know who Daniel Day-Lewis was, right? And then I see he's got, you know, in the last couple of years, he had a couple of cool movies out. But that's who the main dude is, right? right? And I watched that movie. Man, when did I watch it? I don't know, like six years ago. And I was just like, oh. This movie's so bad, like not interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't like good at all. But you know how that changes, right? Like old movies, not always, but like the the acting standards just 
were not what they are now. Yeah, you know absolutely. I, mean? I think about that all the time, and especially being like being in film school and having to watch everything from you know eighteen ninety six till now. Like it's it is objectively different. Like you see some people who have like made it back in like the sixties or whatever, and like you, there's no way, there's no way you would ever make it. You would never even get to like the yeah. second audition if you yep. were trying to do it now. And I think about that even just with like uh, like talk show hosts and like TV personalities, like people who had the, who had a show in like the eighties or, or whatever. It's like this is a, and maybe it's just you know uh, that's maybe that's what every generation thinks. Looking back at the previous generation, what they've created and who created it. Uh, so who's to say? But it's like, and I'm not in any way in this industry, but it's like you cannot fathom certain people who are huge celebrities at a certain point uh, or even mediocre celebrities at a certain point making it today, uh, let alone getting to that level. Totally. And it's like there's some standout people like, for instance, like Jimmy Stewart, Spencer Tracy, those guys way beyond their time. Yeah, especially Jimmy Stewart. Way like Jimmy Stewart could hold his own today, like way beyond his time. Like he acted like he was a real human being in that situation. And back then, Everything, you know, because everything was just moving from theater, which had been going on for thousands of years, to movies. And in theater, you have to overact simply because of physical space, right? People have to see what your emotions are. You know, in the Greek days, they had masks because they would have these huge coliseums and people couldn't see from back then what face you're making. So they would hold up different masks, happy, sad masks, right? And so that translated into movies and the whole idea of overacting, like you watch all old movies, it's all overacting. And uh, and that's because that hadn't been like weaned out, you know what I mean? And the style of movies was basically theater on screen, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's obviously very different now with technology, stunts, and all that kind of stuff we could do these days. Um, and I feel like maybe in like 2000s is when things started to shift uh, and now – acting is like it's always been a big deal but i mean like acting like you're human in that situation is a big deal and people do an incredible job um you know in almost every movie coming out these days compared to like the 90s man 90s was terrible dude cheeseball acting cheeseball like massive overacting i obviously you can tell i'm not a fan of overacting and that's why i don't really i'm really a fan of the theater yeah I'm not really a fan of the theater. And oh, this brings me to something else. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to go off a little bit right here. So people sometimes say, man, why don't you read books? My man, man, I don't read books because I like to watch movies more. And so, but people say that like books are more pure. Like you get that often, right? I'm sure you get that. Sure, right? yeah. Yeah, books are more pure. But I'm like, man, think about this right here. When you write a book, you think of some story, you my man, that's a cool idea. I'm gonna write that down. And then you write out the whole book and you flesh out everything and then you get it published and people like it. And what it does to people is if it's a good book, if it's written well, it brings them into this world and they kinda fill in the gaps. You know, you're kinda like leading them on. This is how the story is, but like when it comes to like visually, because we're all visual well, not everyone, but most everyone's visual. Um, and when you're reading this book, you're filling in the gaps for the writer. You're deciding what this main character looks like. You know, the writer might give you some hints, clues, but really it's up to you to kind of build out and flesh out the worlds of mm-hmm. the stories that you're, you're watching, right? Which in itself 
is difficult to do because you have to write something good enough to do that, right? Well, I think that same thing happens for writers who are writing for screen, right? Obviously, not it doesn't count if you're taking a book and adapting it to a screenplay. However, if you're writing for screen, you have to do the same thing. You have to flesh out the story even more, right? Because you're the one deciding what the characters look like. You have to get so much more detailed about absolutely every second of this story. You have to get so detailed that you have to do backgrounds. You have to do everything. Then you have to go and freaking make it. You have to paint the backgrounds, whether it be CG or physically. Uh, You have to make costumes for the characters. You have to have people act. You have to decide which angle is going to capture this the best so people can kind of like flow with the story. And you have to do that for many hours, right? Many, many hours and cut it down to the best. And so, in my opinion, making movies is encompasses all that making a book is and then more. And so that is why I appreciate movies so much more than I do books. Just because, because of the work that different. goes into it. You're saying because you're just saying that the work the work that it takes to make it like actually makes the work the that it takes medium. to make a good movie is vastly more than it takes to make a good book in my opinion. I I I guess but just based on the, what you've put down I could agree with that but I don't necessarily understand why that alone uh like qualitatively makes movies better like like the amount of if even if we say that like yeah a great movie takes more work than a great book even if we give that i still don't know how that necessarily equates to saying that movies are qualitatively better than books well that's that's what i'm saying in my opinion that's why i like movies more right is because there's so much more. You there. enjoy there's, the work. You appreciate the work. There's so much more depth. Like to me, books are shallow compared to movies because there's so much that goes into a movie, right? Well, there's you're so much of, more depth, and you're because you're kind of looking. You're kind of looking beneath the surface of the of the narrative. I think, right? Because you would never be able to perceive. The only reason you're even feeling that because this appreciation for for the depth is because you're looking beyond what's actually happening in the narrative on the screen you're looking at the work and the the person painting the background well of course what, of course i mean it's it's then you could say that books are the same as food right why is a book any different than food you know <laughs> like experientially ha, well it has to be what what goes into it that makes it a book versus what goes into it that makes it you know a culinary delight right, right? i'm more, i'm mostly just saying like i think if you were just to perceive the the work for the what the work as, as it is right the the movie as it's being played on screen not taking into account the the guy who painted the background or the guy who designed the costumes and you take the book for what it is this narrative that you are in i don't think it's for me and i get this is just your opinion i don't think there's necessarily this like giant difference between the two i do think what you're saying is if you actually look beyond the actual scope of the the work itself, the narrative itself, then I totally get what you're saying. There's a big difference between one guy sitting in a uh, in his in his basement on a typewriter for months versus this this spectacle uh, of work that goes into creating a a, a major motion production. Like, yeah, uh, well, like I guess I see it like this: like you could write like a a fictional book, and to me, that is apples and oranges against a movie. They're not the same at all. Right. And in the same respect, if you write a user case study, right, for like user interface stuff and you write a little case study, 
to me, that's apples and oranges between a fictional book. However, they're both writing. However, they're both stories. Just like however movies involve writing and movies are both stories, so are books. Right? But, but you're so, saying because of what goes into it. So for me, when someone says they like books more than movies, I say I like movies more than books. And the reason why is what I just said. Right. So that's what that is about. But I agree. To me, movies and books are apples and oranges. You can't say one's Better than the other in that sense because they're not the same. However, I like movies more than I like books because of the reasons, reasons that I said. Yeah, to be clear, I I, I agree. Like I definitely enjoy uh, seeing a great movie uh, beyond seeing a great book. But I think the for me, I don't necessarily see the difference if you're just to judge them for their content, right? Yeah. I think yeah. you could. I think you could well, very, I mean, just I, as I guess, say the narrative yeah. of Lord of the Rings the, of the book. Just the narrative is is just as uh, moving and, and overwhelming and uh, wonderful as the narrative presented in the movie, right, or any other movie. Uh, but yeah, I totally. I, don't I, know. Get, See, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying there. But just to bring it one step further, I think that for me, the narrative, as 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 experienced in the movie is better than the narrative experienced in the book. And for the same reason that um, if you read a terrible book that doesn't really do anything for you, uh, it's not as good as a good book that does a lot for you. And the, the difference is, is because the writer, in most cases, has spent way more time uh, or is a better writer in fleshing out the story, right? If you read a book and you're kind of like lost, like what is this, nothing that's making sense, like why is he here, you know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, this writer has left a bunch of holes in this book. Versus you read something like Lord of the Rings, you're like, oh my gosh, everything's so awesome in detail, I totally follow along, that kind of thing. And it's taking me somewhere. That's the same thing for me as a movie, right? A movie goes many steps beyond what a book does for right. me and makes it the experience more rich. You're, saying, you're say. saying a book is kind of like Microsoft's HoloLens, whereas a movie is kind of like, like Oculus. It's like Oculus Rift, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying right here. <laughs> I just I feel like I'll just tie that tie that up with a bow for you. All right. That's that's a good way to tie it up. Yeah. But yeah, so obviously I'm a fan of movies. And ain't no one gonna change my mind. <laughs> no one has to. No one, that's the beauty of uh, until somebody goes and makes this entirely different medium of uh, Yeah, no, that'll be super fun. And we'll, I'll talk about that and how movies are better than that. Well, let's call that a day. Everyone's sick yeah, of hearing of us. By the way, if you happen to be a fan of music, and specifically Blink-182, I just discovered that Mark Hoppus has his own podcast. Nice. So, Bring I on. Remember, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's called something. But you can go to his website, HiMyNameIsMark.com, and check it out. So, most of you are not going to care, but there's only a couple <laughs> of you who are going to care about what I just said. Go check, go check it out. And uh, also MXPX, my career has his own podcast too. So there you go. Yeah, we'll talk to you all later and join us next week. See you guys. Have a good one.